Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Betting Chicago right here on the Believe Podcast Network. My name is Joey Christopoulos. It is a beautiful Tuesday morning in Southern California. Today, we're going to go through Bears versus Rams. We're also going to take a look forward at Bears Giants. But I got a very special guest here with me today. One of my best friends in the world, talented actor, teacher, also part of the Comedy Craftsman at Comedy Craftsman on Instagram. His name is Dan Sanders Joyce. Hey Welcome, guys. Dan. Hey, thanks so much, Joe. How are you feeling? Uh, well, I mean, do I have my health? Yes. Sure. Yeah. Do I have a roof you, over my head? You're yeah, standing up and uh, everything. Yeah. yeah. You're like you're tall and you're proud. Yeah. Dan, I brought you onto the podcast this week. Well, we had like kind of discussed this before it even happened, but now it's even perfect. Got to bring on one of my best bros because, as we talked about last night. My spirit is broken yeah. in terms of the Bears right yeah. now. And I wanted to come on, and I wanted to I, – I pitched it to you last night. I was like, I want to come on. I want to talk about all these emotional things that are going on with the Bears right now, not just like the X's and O's. And you were like, oh, yeah, that really familiar place that we're in. <laughs> yeah. And just I, as Chicago sports fans in general, though. Like. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is my safe space. This yeah. is like, <laughs> yeah. this is my panic room. This is the warm blanket this that we put my, over this ourselves. This is my panic room. <laughs> so, uh, Bears versus Rams. couple of thoughts uh, I have about the game. I went yeah. to the game. Had uh-huh. a really nice time. And Until drive, the fourth quarter. Yeah, and driving to the game, everything in the NFC was kind of like panning out our way, right? Yeah. Like the Panthers were losing. The Vikings were losing. The Eagles were playing. The Patriots, we thought that they were going to lose. The whole NFC was about to kind of come back to the pack a little bit. If the Bears could have just gotten a 5-5 five and five and win, we would have had we're a right couple back of, in the mix. Yeah, a couple of weeks of just of dreaming. Yeah, exactly. Yes. And then the game happened. <laughs> um, strong first drive led to a missed field goal. Uh, the Rams get the ball. They fumble on the first play. We yeah. get it back. We opt to not kick a field goal. Go for it on fourth and nine. Don't get it. Right. The Rams come back down, throw an interception. We come back with another nice drive, miss another field goal. Yeah. That's... And from there, the sinking feeling really started to come in. Yeah. And then yeah. I started being like, oh, the shrimp po' boy I had before the game might have been the best part of my afternoon. <laughs> um. And now here we are. We're four and six. Trubisky's hurt. Trubisky's benched. Who knows? Um, I just want to talk to you about, like, just how how we feel how we feel as Bears fans when though when these types of things happen. Because obviously it feels a little bit different than the John Fox and Mark Trestman era. These are kind of like although the, we were excited about that Mark Trestman era. We were at the beginning. We were super excited about that Mark Trestman era. And here's. Here's what I took stock of after our conversation last night and and how I've been feeling <clears throat> excuse me uh since Sunday is I used to go into deep k holes after after losses like this um and now like it's we're talking about that sort of familiar feeling, yeah, like it's not I don't know if it's that I'm expecting for 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 the shoe to fall or or whatever, but like it's not as 
it's devastating, but I'm not as like I'm not as inconsolable as I was because I'm sort of numb to the whole thing. Yeah, the pain the pain doesn't hurt quite as bad because there's something uh, you know there's more of a despair to it, and there's a little bit more of a here we go again right. as Bears fans. Right. And I think this is probably the first time I've felt like this, and I was with you when we watched the game, uh, Trustman era. Two seasons ago, and it was what I think earlier earlier in the season, and um, it was against the Patriots, and they put a fifty five burger on us, and yeah. that was when we really knew that that season fell apart, and our expectations were not going to match the reality on the field, and that's where we are now. You yeah, know? yeah. We can talk all we want about you know why are you why are you throwing a pitch, an option pitch on third and one to the short side of the field. Uh, when you're trying to get a first down, we can talk about all that kind Better of Better question is, why are you defending that call after the game? You know, <clears throat> take I, your losses, take your L's. Well, right. And that, and that's the other thing too, as well is it's got to really kill Matt Nagy now, right? Where we're, we're, we are raking him against the Coles for his play calling, but deep in his head. And we think we, we can all confidently say this. There's been about six to 10 plays this year. And another one happened in the Rams game that was actually a smart um, a smart, astute play call that should have been a fantastic play, and, and but we couldn't, we couldn't execute. execute it. Yeah. And again, in this one, it was Trubisky mm-hmm. underthrowing Anthony Miller just a tiny, tiny hair where they could get their hands on it, which could have been what an eighty-five yard touchdown. Yeah, it at the looks time. it looks pretty nice. Um, I and and listen, all of this is not to say that we don't have some fundamental problems. We've got some wide receivers dropping passes. Right, like let's we can talk we, about we the NFL and drops among the wide receiving group. Yeah, yes, great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we can talk about Trubisky all we want, yeah. um, but we don't really have a run game to speak of either. No. Like I like a little bit of what I see out of David Montgomery once or twice a game, but, but he's like, still averaging only sort of... three point two yards a carry. Yeah, uh, our quarterback uh, averaged four point four yards uh, per completion on Sunday, and. You know, then that's when you're as a Bears fan. That's when you're really in the woods because our coach is an offensive-minded coach, and our offense just seems to be completely hopeless. I know Trey Burton is injured, but like we've we've had no tight end play this year whatsoever. Uh, like, what wh- what's happening here? I don't know, and that's the thing. Um, and that's the thing is, you know, we we have all these nightmare quarterbacks from our from our youth. Are, are still youth. We're still there. Yeah, we're, we're still young. We're Joe. still there. It's still a long, yeah. it's a long linear line. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, with 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 Grossman, right? Yeah. Grossman was either hot or cold. Right. Right. And you know, it was good Rex, bad Rex, and right. you would still get good Rex. Yeah. Uh, with Jay. Yeah. Uh, Jay, a little bit more. You, you know, good Jay, bad Jay. You kind of didn't know what you were going to get. You just kind of knew that at some point during the season he was going to throw a four or five pick game yeah. somewhere in there. But you also knew that you were going to get good performances from him. For sure. And now with this offense and by extension Trubisky, I mean, I don't, I don't think we can expect really anything. I mean, they've scored more than twenty points twice. One of them was with Chase Daniel. Yeah. You know what I mean? And um, and and you know that's kind of really where we're at. And today I didn't really want to go too forward into the off season of what we're gonna do. And you know I don't want to put my stamp on thoughts of the like prognostication. Yeah, let's get rid of, of Trubisky and let's hope Andrew Luck comes out of retirement or let's trade for Cam Newton. All this stuff we can have a conversation at the other day. But uh, as a Bears fan and talking to Bears fans on this podcast, we're just right back in that sunken place, man. Well, I, and and I mean I think that there there's a lot of things that like. 
we could potentially do in the offseason, right? Like, we do need to pay attention to our O-line. Without Kyle Long, it's shown that we've got really nothing at the o, uh, w- with our O-line. Yeah. Um, but we do have to talk about that elephant in the room, I think. Like, Trubitsky will not be offered a second contract. We, no. can't, we can't possibly be thinking that's the and case. And chances are, let's all get it out of the way, there's a very high percentage chance that he will be on the team next year. Yeah, I think so. At $9.2 million, whether he is the quarterback or whether he's competing to be the backup, we'll right. find out. Right. And what a delicious bear story that would be if we go out and <laughs> hire a veteran quarterback. He comes in. Let's say it is Cam Newton, right? And Cam Newton, as he is wont to do from time to time, gets hurt four or five games in, and Trubisky has to come back in and, then and start saving season. us. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, and start course, saving course, us, man. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> completely. Um, you know, there are a couple other options out there that I think are kind of tasty. You mind if I give you a couple? Yeah, a yeah. Couple I want to hear. I want to hear some. I want to hear some thoughts. I, I kind of like Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, I kind of like Teddy Bridgewater. He he looked pretty good in Minnesota. Uh, he looked pretty good as as breezes backup in in new orleans for the games that he was playing down there um definitely deserves a shot a starting role on a team yeah uh i think marcus Mariota probably fits our system as it is oh, now man. best terrified like, yeah i'm let's, terrified let's not so real quick let's rope back to teddy bridgewater what would be the price tag that you think that you would be comfortable with well that's a great Just question. A, as a fan of course we're not spending the money but again like when you see that big contract immediately you begin going into the realm of well this better pay off well here's the thing is i i think we use bridgewater even bridgewater as a stopgap. like i don't think he's the franchise i don't think he's the future yeah you know i think we 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 sign him to a one-year or two-year deal um it'd have to be all guaranteed all guaranteed money right so two for maybe 45 yeah, I was gonna say a little less, but yeah. I was gonna say two for thirty. I'm just saying, like his stock, his stock will will not be higher, and uh, and a lot of people do think that he could stay in New Orleans because he doesn't want to be the heir apparent to Drew Brees. Right. But then that does the peg, beg the question too, as well. This is a business, and Teddy does need to get paid somehow. Yeah, yeah. Are they willing to fork that up to keep him around for one more year if Drew is gonna play another year, or is he gonna test the market like we're talking about now? Yeah, I mean, I I I have a feeling that he's gonna test the market if it doesn't come out and he can't get the pay payday that he wants, then maybe he sticks around and becomes the heir apparent like you're talking about. Yeah. And there's something to be said about not just like his play on the field, but like good for Teddy Bridgewater, just the type of career that he's had where he came into a situation in Minnesota, seemed like everyone liked him on the team, seemed like he was a leader on the team, got hurt and he's kind of built his way back up. And he just seems to be like a guy that's like, that has earned respect on a different team in a different situation and again has just kind of risen up with this intangible leadership quality that i think the bears are severely lacking at the quarterback position skill position wise separate from that right but i do think trubisky's mental game and his confidence right now are just a big issue moving forward is hey can we get him to accurately complete a pass you know what i mean um you you could say what you want about jay you know, Jay had accuracy issues and decision-making issues, but you knew Jay honestly didn't give a shit. You know what I'm oh, saying? And for he, sure. he showed up to play, and maybe he wasn't the best rah-rah guy, but he showed up to play with his teammates every single week. Yeah. The thing with Mitch Trubisky that just kind of, like, bums me out is he just seems like a really good dude who doesn't have, like, the intrinsic qualities to be a leading quarterback. He's not the killer. Yeah, he's reading the books. He's staring in the mirror, and he's practicing – 
like the phrases and the expressions, yeah, yeah. Of, you know what I'm saying? But it's yeah. just maybe not like inside of him. Yeah. And I can agree that people can get better at leadership, but I think maybe it just sort of comes naturally within and then you grow that you grow that quality within inside of you. And yeah. I'm wondering if Trubisky has that because it seems like this is all mental and spiraling on him and things aren't going well. So he's beating himself up and it's going, getting worse and worse. Like it, I've said it before, but I'll say it again. Like he's in Adam Dunn territory. Oh boy. Of like a guy who had accomplishments in his life and gets in a rut and spirals. And then you just say like, how far down can we take See, this? He's kind of like a turnover averse Tom Savage to me. Yes. Like, I mean, can resurface and be around in the league for a while. Sure, absolutely. We'll hear his name, everyone. Yeah, but, he'll but, play like two games a season somewhere, you know. Yeah, and and everyone's like, well, you know, maybe he needs a little more time and time to mature. Maybe he can become an Alex Smith and all this other kinds of stuff. But you know, Alex Smith at the very least had accuracy, and at the very least, Alex Smith had the confidence of the intelligence of understanding what the offense needed and what his capabilities and limitations were. Like, yeah. there was something inside of him that seemed to be a little bit more settled than what Trubisky's dealing with right now. Where, like, I think he's just having this. Alex Smith also won games. Like, yes. let's remember 2014, 2015. Like, that dude was winning games. Yeah, and even in that final year in San Francisco, too, as well, he started to, like, really kind of ball out. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, um,. Yeah, I don't know what happens moving forward. I mean, at this point, like, whether it's Chase Daniel or Mitch Trubisky, you know, I'm still going to watch all the games. We're still going to talk about all the games here on the Believe Podcast yeah, Network Betting course. Chicago. <laughs> but at the same time, I think that there's a resignation to our fate, and it's a fate that we're very familiar and comfortable with. Yeah. Let me throw one more name at you. Yeah, go for it. How about that ginger snake down in Cincinnati? I, you know what? I completely see that is perhaps the most plausible option for the Bears. His stock in, is going to be the lowest it's yeah. ever it's ever been because they don't want to they don't want to sell out on Mitch Trubisky, right? Sure. You know what I mean? They don't want to put him in the clearance section. Sure. They don't want you know they want to sell him, but they can't just completely do that. Yeah, so yeah. they bring in someone who they think is marginally better who will compete. We yeah. still believe. Uh, I can see it now with Ryan Pace. We still believe in Mitch Trubisky, but we we bring you know, <laughs> no, no, no. and they bring the guy in. And Andy Dalton, and it's the same, you know, it's the same kind of middling quarterback crap that we've dealt with for a long time. And yeah. And we sort of do this back and forth thing, but I completely see that as a possibility. My hope is maybe he could put together one more good year. Uh, but you bring Andy Dalton in, and guess what? He's still the fourth best quarterback in the NFC North. Oh, 100%. You know a what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I, I think that the best case, like, if we were to have everything that we wanted and more, it would be – Either get Nick Foles, which uh, we'd have to pay so much money for that. Yeah. Um, but maybe get Ryan Tannehill and draft a quarterback. Maybe uh, that – I mean, he's not – that Joe Burrow's kid's going to be gone long before we ever get to him out, out of LSU. Well, I don't know. Old one-hip Tua, though. We'll see where the, Tua where might the draft fall. stock goes there. And then um, – And the kid out of Washington, Hurd, I think his name is. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, you know, I, I look, we're, we're talking about – some unproven potential and possibly doing the exact same thing Chicago's always done with quarterbacks. Which is a shame because that's what we're most thirsty for now is right. we have this known quantity in our mental minds and now the unknown becomes this uh, endless well of possibilities, uh, which unfortunately was the, how we sort of felt when Trubisky was drafted second. We all didn't really see that coming, but we all said, hey, maybe there's something that – 
Yeah, uh, they know that we don't know. Maybe they saw something in 13 total games in college yeah. that nobody else has. And those, uh, you know, we're talking dozens of throws. <laughs> <laughs> dozens of the best best throws you could possibly. But who knows? Maybe he can hit a tire from far out. Yeah, and just see if you can rebuild it and see if you can move on from Bobby Massey's money in the offseason and get a new uh, right tackle and get a new right guard. Yeah. Um, get a new tight end. We got to do something about tight ends. Yeah, uh, make a decision on Taylor Gabriel. I like Taylor Gabriel a lot, but it might be time to kind of move on to a different type of uh, receiver. Yeah. Um, you know, we haven't seen Riley Ridley yet once this season. I believe our third or fourth round draft pick, a wide receiver. Right. Can we see him on the field at some point? And his um, brother's having a fantastic season. In, yeah, well, and Calvin, Calvin's pretty good. Yeah. So let's see. Let's just see what we got. Those yeah. are things to take a look at. And speaking of taking a look at those things, let's just talk about Bears-Giants really quick. Hey, I like that. Bears-Giants. Um, I We try to do our due diligence. It's on a Tuesday. Not a lot of betting lines out right now for this game because I think people are waiting to see whether Mitch is going to play yeah. or not. Yeah. Um, and you know that's going to swing the line. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's going to tease much from six and a half yeah, right now. But I, I'm not sure. Yeah, so uh, we've seen minus six. We've seen minus seven. First blush, Bears at home. How do you feel about that line? I, I mean, I, I'd, I'd take the line, to be honest with you. Uh, I think that the, the Giants secondary is absolutely atrocious. Yes. Um, uh, what's his name? DeAndre Baker is, I think, ranked 112 out of 113 qualifying quarterback cornerbacks. Um, and their other their other corners are not much better. Um, yeah, quick stat, uh, and just from a fantasy perspective, seventeen different receivers have scored ten or more fantasy points against the Giants this year. That's an incredible stat. And they have a streak where over the last three games they've given up six touchdowns to wide receivers, and I think like six wide receivers during that span have all scored ten fantasy points in the last three games. That's that's an incredible stat. So that's where you get your productivity from. Um, yeah, and listen, we have the receivers to do that against uh, against a dilapidated uh, secondary. Do we have an arm that can get it to them? I, I mean, yeah, potentially we do. Yes, <laughs> right? yes. and uh, whether it's Chase or whether it is Mitch at yeah. home, in theory, that is very possible. Uh, my only concern with the minus seven is – you know, uh, how many points are we planning on scoring in this game? That's true. Okay. We've, you, like you said earlier, we've only scored more than 20 points twice, and yeah. one of them was with Chase. So, I mean, a 17-13 game uh, seems very plausible, seems very— Well, uh, here's the thing. The Giants do score points. Yes. The Giants have scored 20 points, uh, I think, six six times out of their 10 games. Yeah, so the rub with that is they're scoring, they're scoring points on the offense right now. But currently, they also their Are turnovers. They've given up 22 sacks over their last four games, and then on top of that, fantasy defenses are averaging 16.3 fantasy points against them over their last over their last six games. So they're still giving up points, but they're still getting. You yeah. know what I mean? Oh, so oh, uh, listen. Sacks, interceptions, fumbles. If there's an O line worse, if there's an O line worse than the Bears, it's the Giants. the The Giants' O line is garbage it's been brutal it's garbage um and uh you know we don't have Saqu uh, saquon isn't running he is running what's happening with saquon right now like I he mean, doesn't want to be shut down but he's but they should shut him they down. should shut him down <laughs> yeah, in yeah, the yeah. last two games daniel jones was the lead rusher on that team yeah and i don't want you to drop your microphone and run out of the room screaming because you're a guest <laughs> right now but daniel jones has twice as many touchdown passes as mitch trubisky <laughs> and about 500 more yard passing yards <laughs> 
But uh, hey, happy Thanksgiving, man. Oh, my favorite. We're almost there. That's bananas. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see how the betting lines kind of work out over the week goes along. Obviously, um, what's the over under on the game right now? Thirty one and a half. Well, they have it. At, they basically will do it in a bunch of different tiers. If I had to take a guess, it's probably going to be in the thirty three to thirty five range. But there will be numbers at thirty one and a half, or perhaps even lower. Typically, it starts at about thirty one and a yeah, half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And. The last three weeks I've been saying, you know, bet the under. I think all season I've been saying with the Bears, bet the under on total points scored in the game. Definitely another possibility. Um, if the if the actual under is at in the 34.5, I would definitely consider, you know, continuing to just to take that. If it's at 34.5, my, my uh, completely unprofessional uh, advice would be to tease it up a couple of points and take the under, actually. Yeah, um, because uh, listen, the the Giants defense is terrible, and we do have offensive threats uh, still on the Bears. We can score points. I don't think the Giants are going to score a lot of points against us. No, and I don't think the Giants are going to win the game either. I, I do right. think this is a, a rare opportunity, just like the Lions game two weeks ago, where the Bears can play well enough to probably win. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I take I take the win as well. Yeah. So. Uh, we'll see how that kind of yeah go uh, for it. Just a, br- a bright spot since we've kind of been dour. A bright spot from last week's game against the Rams was Roquan Smith. Roquan's been having a nice month. Uh, His last month's been a lot better. Well, for I would sure. say this game has been sort of. He had eleven tackles, one for a loss, four of them on third downs. Roquan actually looked like he did the first two two weeks before he left. Uh, what was that week four with the personal issues? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it, he looked sort of like what we've been hoping from Roquan. The, no, he's the, got that punch and that zip back in. Not only the way that he's running, but the way that he's hitting people and like it just seems sort of like we've got the old Roquan back, which is great because we were all super excited about him. Yeah, being a part of the Bears defense for the next six seven years, yeah. and it still looks like that that's probably going to happen. And uh, I really appreciate you doing that because, man, we've been depressing as shit on yeah. this podcast. Yeah. So let's <laughs> turn it around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's the other side of the moon. We were right. on the dark side of the moon. Right. Let's go to the light side of the moon. And uh, we're going to do two things. One of them is going to be very brief. But this is th- – this category is called at least. Uh-huh. And you just – you got off to a great start. Yeah. At least Roquan looks good. Yeah, right? I like that. So let's just – I'm going to throw a couple out to you. Let's see what you come up with. And, you know – at least the Bears are still one of the youngest teams in the NFL. That's kind of nice, right? Hey, that's not a bad yeah, little stat they there. they got their whole lives ahead of yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, you know, they're making their mistakes right now, you know what I mean? But eventually this Bears team is going to grow up to be wonderfully adjusted adults. So, yeah, they're still really young. Yeah. That's a good one. I like that. That's a good at least, right? Um, defense is still solid. Yep. And – at least at every single level on the defense, we do have a foundation for the future. Yeah. Kyle Fuller Kyle is a cornerback. Secondary. Eddie Jackson. Uh-huh. Uh, Roquan, as we just mentioned. And then on the line, uh, Khalil Mack. Sure. You know, um, other than that, I'm not really sure. You know, Akeem Nix, a fantastic player, right? But how many more great prime years are we going to get out of him? Um, what do we know about Trevathan? Right now. Well, Trevathan's going to be a free agent in the offseason. I know, but how hurt is he? I mean, it seemed pretty bad. I will say that he is um, he is an old-school football player. Like, uh, two seasons ago, he fully, completely detached his teller pretendant right. and ended up coming back nine right. months later and playing. So, 
in a weird twist, this could actually be a benefit for the Bears where he does go into free agency hurt with this elbow issue, which they haven't really specified what's wrong with him. And maybe we get him back at a discount because he wants to stay a part of it. Yeah, yeah. That could actually definitely be a positive. Um, and Akeem Hicks, you know, he comes back. Maybe we can get one or two more prime years out of him. Then after that, I wouldn't really count on that yeah, per se. Yeah, for sure. Um, still have Eddie Goldman. So that's a good at least, right? Yeah, I like that. Yeah. They can move on from Bobby Massey in the offseason. I mean, he's got a back injury now, had vertigo at the beginning of the season. That's never really a good sign for, <laughs> you know, the prospects of your offensive line <laughs> moving forward. You are definitely going to move on from Kyle Long, so you are going to have some turnover there. You're going to have some new pieces. There's a good at least, right? Uh-huh, yeah. Um, you know, that's that's about it. Our schedule, Bears' schedule, will probably be easier. They won't have that first place schedule next year. Oh, so. the twenty. They they we know a little bit what our 2020 schedule looks like. Oh, really? Yeah, I saw it. See if you can try and pull that up real quick because I, I yeah, if I'm not mistaken, I believe we would move on and we would take on the AFC South next year. So we'd probably get the hosts of the Tennessee, the Jacksonvilles, I believe, or something along uh, those lines. Uh, we're talking about we do play Tennessee. I do know that, and their Tennessee, we may be playing the international game against Tennessee. Okay. Uh, I still, doubt we go back to London. AFC South. Yeah notoriously mediocre yeah um always kind of it's kind of a nice nice sign right there i think last year we certainly benefited even though we didn't beat the dolphins or the patriots playing the afc east at times like you know we, we beat buffalo we beat the jets that was kind of a positive right. for us too as well um we got this 2020 schedule here start at tennessee yeah let's just let's do it now let's yeah go, let's get into it right now <laughs> uh, i'm ready to move on at tennessee then uh we go to minnesota uh-huh. Uh, then Jacksonville. Oh, three and zero. Come back to Detroit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, play at Green Bay. That's an early time of the year to play Detroit, by the way. Wow, our first five games are on the road. Oh, that's just they. They oh, don't have they the don't order. Have, they don't have they schedule. Have the, yeah, yeah, yeah got, it, got it, got it, yeah, got it, got it, got yeah. it. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, Tennessee, Minnesota, Jacksonville, Detroit, Green Bay. Obviously, we play New Orleans. We play Tampa Bay. We play Houston. Uh, we mm. play Indianapolis, and then we would play um, the uh, correlating NFC East, whatever our, our position is at the end oh, of the understood. season. Oh, understood. And then correlating NFC West. So as of right now, it looks like the Giants are the Redskins, basically. Yeah, uh, so we if we finish Giants third, for sure. yeah, if we yeah. finish third, it would yeah, be yeah, the Giants. Yeah. And then out in the West, we'd be matched up with um, – Probably the Chargers again. The Chargers, mm-hmm. yeah. Sweet. Uh, and then Carolina and Atlanta are also okay. on our docket. See, that's definitely uh, that's a little bit more appetizing, even though I will say that the schedule kind of shook up a little bit more in our favor this year. I mean, certain games where certain quarterbacks weren't starting or playing. Sure, we caught sure. a Rams team, obviously, uh, either in the mode of uh, – Super Bowl hangover, or maybe they're just not that good. Or maybe they're just not that good. Yeah, maybe, maybe Jared Goff got that big payday, and he didn't really deserve well, it. Well, and maybe, you know, Todd Gurley, if he's not an elite running back doing elite things, and they don't have their offensive line, all of a sudden nothing works. Right. Which, you know, again, I you know, from the, the first podcast I did for betting Chicago, I just was – I uh, my mind was blown how poor our offensive line was, and it hasn't gotten any better. And, you know, this sounds like a meatball Chicago thing, but, like, we just really just – the offensive line just got to figure it out, right? Whether it's Trubisky or Andy Dalton, whoever it is throwing the ball, we'll deal with that later. But you got to shore up – you got to figure sure. you got to figure that thing out For sure. as and quick as you possibly can. We always talk about 
you know, how Brady has been able to stay in the league for as long as he has. And a major part of why Brady at 41 or 42, however mm. old he is, is still playing in the league is because he doesn't hit the ground very often. Well, guys like Nate Solder. <clears throat> yeah, 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 totally. yeah. Um, all right, well, so we're going to wrap up on uh, one more topic. Yeah. And this is something to take with you for the rest of the week. Take it into your weekend, pack it in your suitcase, have a good time with it. We are just we were going to do like a top five list, but honestly, I think we're going to go as – as long as we're just enjoying it and we got cool. ideas. But we wanted to come up with some things to help you distract you from this Chicago Bears football season yeah. right now. Yeah. Just some things to think about, some things to look at. Like, oh, yeah, I haven't checked on them for a little while. Things that might get you excited, things that might take away the pain. Um, Dan, do you want to go first? Well, I, can we just talk about the Blackhawks? Because that is yes. a bright spot in Chicago right, right now. Right now. The past hey, two weeks, three yeah. weeks have been great. Turn your eyes to the Indian head for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. The Hawks are streaking a yeah. little bit. It's yeah. kind of interesting. Kaner's looking good. We mixed up the lines. We've got like four solid lines now. Yeah, Strom and Debrinkat are like uh, the dynamic duo. It looks like that is something that is actually solidifying and becoming a real thing. Yeah, yeah. Kaner's, Kaner's points are great. The kid Kirby Doc has come up. Doc is looking great. He's not six getting points. the minutes that I want, well, but he's still putting the puck in the back of the net. Yeah, six points in the last four games. I mean, I that's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> it's incredible. The the Boquist uh, defenseman just came up right now. Uh, Leonard, honestly, he's our starting goalie right now. Leonard, but le let me say that Leonard taking that pressure off of Crawford has made that duo something that we've been missing for a long time. Yeah, and that was the big. Uh, the preseason keep an eye on situation was we could have the best goaltending duo. I think we do right in now. the in the NHL, if not the Western Conference, and we're pretty close right now. I mean, Leonard's got two point four two goals a game. Crawford not as good, but I think Crawford could play better. Yeah. Um. Again, it's definitely going to come down to the defense isn't very good. Right. Um. We allow way too many shots on goal, yes. way too many opportunities at lighting the lamp, and you know. We'll see how it goes, right? They play a Carolina team tonight. They've scored 17 goals in their last three games. They're on a three-game winning streak themselves. They're a little hot. The Hawks are a little hot. Let's see how this game sort of plays out yeah, a yeah. little bit. Yeah. Um, can the Blackhawks win a lot of shootouts this year? For sure. They can win a lot of games 6-5. to five, But And I don't really necessarily want a 2-1 to one game either. But you got to, you know, at some point you do have to get yourself in a position where you're not giving up three, four, five goals every single night. Granted granted but i like it yeah i mean the the hawks are sort of the bright spot in chicago sports at the moment yes right? and wouldn't it be nice that you know the the stanley cup expectations have pretty much evaporated now it's about just trying to get back in the playoffs in the playoffs yeah i would love to see kaner and taves and all those guys yeah. in a playoff round again watching a, we're watching a game three game four oh, all let's over go back again. down to escondite and see some good hockey oh man. god man i'm feeling better already <laughs> this is going great um so let's do uh, number two guys yeah um, if you look at the standings and you're looking at the Chicago Bulls, you're saying, yeesh, all over again. And I'm right there with you, but I have enjoyed the play of Kobe White. Hey, man, he's so fun to watch. Again, not getting the minutes that I'd like to see out of him, but, like, I get we got to sort of give him the time to evolve into that player, right, into those yeah, big I, minutes. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I wish he was starting as well, but he's averaging 15.8 points a game over his last six played. He's playing, he, what, like 26 minutes a game? Yeah, it's it's sort of depending. Like, he's had this situation where he'll put up a really good game, and then he'll have a game where he's kind of three for 13. Yeah. And then that following game after that, Boylan will kind of, like, dock his minutes a little bit. Right. And only playing maybe 20 to tw 22 minutes a game, um, which I think is a little silly. 
But I have really enjoyed him in the backcourt with Chris Dunn at the same time. Is actually pretty interesting. It's sad, but it's true. But Kobe White, from my eyes, is probably the best three-point shooter on a Bulls team that's only shooting 32% from three-point land this year. And that's why they're 4-10. and ten. Sure. They can't make any threes. Right. It, it's brutal. And, and Laurie Markkinen has been just atrocious to start the year. Shooting 36% from the field, 26% from three. You look up in the box score, he's 2-for-11 almost every night. That's, like, that's You can't do it. Yeah, I mean. You can't do it. They're bad. We yeah. all thought that right. they were going to be bad. Right. They have the fourth worst record in the NBA. Uh, for those of you who thought that they were going to make the playoffs, uh, that was a little silly. It's okay though; you're not used to watching good basketball. Uh, you know, we're out of shape. You <laughs> I know also what I'm I I um, appreciate your enthusiasm for thinking that these Bulls would make the playoffs. Yeah, like, good, to, good for to you. All of you guys out there, please keep dreaming the way you. that you are because you actually help the world become a better. But it place. is a little bit about uh, some background on me is like my weight has fluctuated throughout my life. Like I've been skinny and I've been fat before. And I just remember like those times when like you're like 30 pounds overweight or something. Yeah. And you go for a run yeah. for a couple of days. Right. And you like feel skinnier. Yeah. But guess what? You're not, you're not skinny. Skinnier. No, you're not. You're not there yet. Yeah. You're not there yet. But yeah. you feel it. Right. And right. That's what right. Bulls fans are. They're kind of feeling it. Right. But uh, I mean, I'm really enjoying watching Kobe White. He's like uh his his scoring ability is Ben Gordonish. Oh, I like that. He's got a little microwave in him. I like that. Better handles, obviously. He can drive to the hoop faster, better passer, right. all that stuff than Ben right. Gordon. But the way that he's been able to score early on, I mean, I, I, I like it. I think he could definitely be a piece moving forward. Yeah, I'm into that. Cool. I'm you, into that. You got another uh, distraction? Yeah, man. Uh, Cubs offseason. Yes. Like, why not? Let's 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 look to the future a little bit, right? We may need to move past the idea of building another World Series team around KB and Rizzo and Baez and Schwarber. We may need to start looking past that. Yes. So what can we do? What's what's out there right now? Well, I'm doing a pod later this week with uh, I think my buddy of mine, Sean Graves. Oh. We're going to do a phone call oh, uh, podcast. Like a lot of stuff about the Cubs. I like that. And uh, one of the nuggets that I'm going to get into is. I obviously Wilson Contreras, I think, is the guy that you trade. Okay. And my personal opinion is you could trade him for prospects, but I kind of like revisiting the Whit Merrifield situation. Oh, interesting. Thirty years old, second baseman, leadoff yeah. hitter, prime of his career. Yeah. I mean, a Contreras for Whit Merrifield straight up sort of kind of makes sense to me. I mean, obviously Sally Perez on the Royals, he's been hurt. So you're not horny for Horner anymore. Uh, you know what? No, not really. Um, I would probably, I've seen the Gordon Beckhams in my life sure, and sure, honestly, as much sure. as I like Horner and think that he could be a good player, um, I think the time to trade him is probably now. Yeah, I think his, won't ever be I think his value is yeah, yeah. the highest yeah. and if he is ever going to be considered this top elite prospect to bring back some sort of top elite talent, I think this is probably the off season. Yeah, to do it, that's so. fair. Um, How about I the got, White Sox off season though? Uh, real fast. Can oh yeah. We, can we talk about a couple prospects for the Cubs possibly that we might be able to pull in here? Marquez. Uh, I'm thinking Gavin Lux. Oh, from the Dodgers. Interesting. Uh, I like Gavin Lux. I also like Mackenzie Gore from the Padres, flamethrower. Yes. Threw, uh, uh, had an ERA of 1.69 in 101 innings and 135 strikeouts uh, in AAA. But don't you think the, the Mackenzie Gore conversation, that probably involves Chris Bryant, right? 
I mean, yeah, I think I think that 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 Chris Bryant's gonna be brought up in a lot of conversations. Yes. I don't want Chris Bryant to be brought up in conversations, but I think that Chris Bryant is going to be brought up in a lot of conversations. I think they're gonna be talking about it more than they ever have in the wintertime. Um, we also we lose club control over most of our starting pitching this year and next year. Right, and we also lose control of uh, KB in two seasons as yeah, well. Right. So they are they are getting to that rock in the hard place situation with him. Right. I'm dying to know what he wants um, money-wise, you know, because with Bryce Harper signing that ridiculous contract and man, like 300,000 well, is the going 300 is the going rate now? Well, and he well, here's my thing is I'm looking more at the Arenado number and the Arenado number I think if I remember correctly was 235. Uh-huh. So the Arenado number combined with whatever we think Rendon's going to do. Right. And then you got to think KB is under that. I know he wants that. But he's probably under that, right? Yeah. And we also know it's on pretty good knowledge that the Cubs offered him somewhere in the two hundred million range. So all of a sudden now my, my thought process is so what are we what's the difference here? About twenty million? Yeah. You can't you can't find common ground on that? I know twenty million is a lot of money, but in baseball terms that's not that's a lot not of money. That's not a lot of money, yeah. So you're telling me that you can't do a two eighteen, two twenty for KB and you're telling me that he won't take it? And if he won't take a two twenty then you do got to trade him. Yeah, and, that, and that's the bummer. That's right. the bummer of it all. Right. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of curious to see where the Rendon, what the Rendon money is going to be yeah. and how much more of it than Arenado is. And I think we all can safely say KB is a great baseball player. But in terms of matching him up with Arenado and Rendon, I would put those two ahead of him. Yeah, me, uh, de yeah definitely. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Um, any more prospects? Or uh, I was just saying the White Sox. The fun part about the White Sox, and then it'll distract you from the Bears, is you get to dream. Like you, you oh. they're just you know that they're going to spend money on guys that you know who they are, like guys who, you know, whose baseball card you might own. Right. The Nick Castellanos or the Dallas Keuchel's or something like their team is going to have more of a familiarity to it. Combined with all the kids, you, you think Nick Castellanos goes goes across town? Uh, there was a rumor. There, uh, there was one of the rumors that's circulating the internet right now about him possibly doing that right now. The the in theory, the money that he would sign for, they were saying like five for fifty eight. Guess what? He's not signing for five for fifty eight. It's going to be way, 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 way more than that. Uh, yeah. But I do think that's a really, really interesting pickup. You've got Luis Robert coming up. Let's be honest, Eloy and Abreu are going to split the DH position. I don't think Eloy is an outfielder. I'm not that upset that the Cubs traded him long-term because the dude can't play the outfield. In fact, he hurt himself playing the outfield two or three times last season. Like, it's just not – it is just not his bag. Right. But all of a sudden, if you take a Castellanos in with an Anderson, a Mancata, an Abreu, an Eloy, a Robert, and, you know, hopefully James McCann can be solid – you kind of have the makings of a really interesting offensive lineup all of a sudden. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Something we haven't seen in maybe, what, four or five years from the White Sox? Yeah, and let's be honest, uh, you know, the Twins had a really great season, but at the same time, the Twins also, Twins did something really interesting where they just kind of went out and they bought veteran help. Yeah. So you kind of ask yourself the question, Nelson Cruz, how long does that kind of play right. itself out for? You know, John, right. Jonathan Scope, you know, how long does he stay on the team? All that, so on and so forth. The Indians also are in a situation where they're looking to retool and or tear down. Do they keep Lindor? Do they keep Kluber? So on and so forth. So slowly but surely, the AL Central kind of working its way back around to a cycle of new teams rising to the top. 
I don't think it's going to be the White Sox next year, but I do think we're going to be watching more White Sox games than we ever had in previous years. I'm into watching more White Sox games. Yeah, and, and I'm also, not, and I'm not crazy some... about Dallas Keuchel, but heck, you need that guy to win you 12 games in that middle part of the rotation while you hope that Giolito you know, either maintains or takes the next or step. Takes the next Kopech step. comes back, and he's better and better. Right. Dylan Cease solidifies himself. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Um, you got another distraction? Uh, I'm just going to keep watching Succession Season 1 and 2 over and over again. Ooh, just keep rolling <laughs> just, it yeah. rolling it over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah, 20 yeah. episodes on repeat. Uh, the Taft Hotel, and I, I, uh, for all those out there that don't know me, I've been sober for four years, but the Taft Hotel in Chicago is doing a real fun little Chicago challenge uh, right now that is uh, Malort with an Aju and Yarnara spear uh, chaser. So oh. for all those of you that just don't want to remember anything, yeah. head on down to the Taft Hotel and prove the Chicago when you yeah, walk. A distraction leading to <laughs> blind amnesia. Yeah. Uh, yeah, head on down. <laughs> Come on down. And ask for Pete. Yeah. He'll bring you the Malort Aju's. Yeah. Oh, that's delicious. That's a great distraction. I got a good distraction for you. Um, and for those of you who don't know anything about me, yeah. I love Chicago Fire, the show. And you know what's going on in that show right now? What's happening the on that lead, show right now? The lead character, Taylor Kinney, who used to date uh, Lady Gaga. Right. They're turning him, and it's been happening for a season, they're turning him into a fire cop. A fire cop? Yeah, like a smoke sleuth. <laughs> it's awesome. Like he does, like, arson detectory? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're taking him <laughs> off squad. And, like, now he's, like, going in, and he's, like, you know, he's chipping away, like, the burnt parts of the wood. Oh, and he's, like, oh, arson. This is where the accelerate, oh. the accelerant happened. And they're, like, slowly kind of, like, morph him into, like, this spinoff show. He's, like, where, Kurt Russell in Backdraft. Yeah, where he's a fire cop. And, like, you know, you know, fires oh, fires man. never happen, you know, uh, <laughs> like, fire. ecologically or right. uh, on accident. Everyone, there's always someone at fault. And they're turning him into a fire cop right now. That's amazing. He's going to get his own show? Is that what you're thinking? Is I, that your prediction? That, that's what I'm thinking. And I'm thinking of different names right now. Yeah, what are you thinking? I don't know. Chicago. Chicago, Chicago Smoke Sleuth is great. Smoke Sleuth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He walks in, just smells it. And he's like, oh, there's been a murder oh, in here. I've seen this before. And I've also a fire. I've this yeah. before. <laughs> Mostly a fire, but yeah. I, I think there might have been a murder, too. I'll find out. I'll let you know. Uh, yeah, so that's been distracting me. Um, what else? We got time for, like, one or two more. Uh, I'm waiting for of Montreal's new album. Their new single's fantastic. Yes, uh, you told me about that yesterday. I haven't listened yet, but I'm excited. Peace to all freaks. It's great. So, wait, um, the new album isn't out yet. No, it's coming out in February, but it's giving me something to look forward to. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Ooh, February. Okay. Around that time, too, I think there might be a new Deftones album out, too. See, all these distractions, you guys. Bears football, I mean, it's only three hours of your week. There's so many other things to bring you happiness and positivity. Um, I got one for you, Dan. You'll enjoy this one personally. Tomorrow, Wednesday, November 20th, is National Peanut Butter Fudge Day. Whoa! Pretty fun. Pretty fun. Okay, I know how I'm celebrating. Might have to take a trip down to the store. Oh, I'm taking a trip down to the store, and I'm spending some alone time. With yeah, so I was like, <laughs> I was messing around, coming with up distractions for this podcast, and I was like, I went to like that National Day site or whatever, and another one. I just gotta ask you a quick question. Uh, on Thanksgiving, yeah, Thanksgiving is also National French Toast Day. Brilliant move, or the dumbest thing you've ever heard? Go. Brilliant move. Uh, right. Brilliant okay. move. Breakfast. Listen. 
you you gotta put some, people make the biggest mistake of their lives when they they say they're not gonna eat until Thanksgiving dinner so they can just gore. You mm -hmm. gotta get that baby primed. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. gotta get no, it primed. The up. Needs to be humming. Yes, mm -hmm. your metabolism doesn't know what to do if you wait all day and and eat it 4 p.m. You're gonna stuff yourself up right away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and Chicagoans know it better than anything. You go outside, you turn the car on for 10 minutes That's before right. you drive That's it. That's right. And you that's eat right. French toast in the car <laughs> while it while it heats up. Uh, I think that's a great idea. I think it's kind of brilliant too. At first, I was like, "Oh, dumb move, French toast!" Like, no. Nope. And then you're like, "Oh, totally different category." Yep. You corner the market. Yep. And, you know, all of a sudden, let's celebrate it. Yep. Because let's do some. But French then by toast. like 11:30 in the morning, the day is over. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah. The National for French sure. Toast Day doesn't extend till 4 p.m. No, 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 no. Although you know, you could do like a really fun French toast dessert after dinner. Oh my God, Dan. Jeez. With some like a la mode, you're really blowing my mind. Uh, well, listen, that's what I'm here for. <laughs> yeah. uh, but a French toast a la mode for for dessert, <laughs> I know what I'm bringing to Dan and Carrie's now. There you go, boom, <laughs> perfect. Um, but yeah, Thanksgiving's keeping my hopes alive for any sort of semblance of life past yeah, this Yeah, and look, season, uh, you, know. you know, obviously we'll be back here on the Betting Chicago podcast to talk about Bears Lions Turkey Day. We're gonna watch it. You know, there is a strong possibility that the Bears will be six and six. Perhaps after that game, yeah, um, you know, and we'll all be crunching the math. I call it cubby math because uh, yep, back yep, in the yep, day, yep, yep, you yep. would do the math where you were like, "All right, well, we're six and a half games back, yeah. with fourteen to play, yeah. but we're only back behind five teams. So <laughs> if the Pirates lose, and if we can get the Padres yeah. to take care of, you know, but, yeah. but then we need the Pirates to win in three days. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And that's Carson ca Wentz obliterates his yes. bone structure one more time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that. We're officially in cubby math yeah. at this point, and. Um, yeah, it's it's a real shame, but we still love our team. And the beautiful part about it is, uh, you know, loving uh, Chicago the way that we do. We have plenty of distractions to take us away from it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. There's, there's always something to do in Chicago. Dan, thank you so much for joining me, man. Thanks so much for having me. We're going to have you back soon. Great. I would love to. Cool, man. Um, yeah, and thank you so much, Dan Sanders-Joyce. Again, you can see him on Instagram at Comedy Craftsman. That's comedy with a C, craftsman with a K. Thank you. Men, M-E-N on the end there. That's right. Really, really funny stuff, and he's going to be coming back too as well to talk more Chicago sports because he loves it. He's a Chicago sports head. And thank you so much for joining us here on Betting Chicago on the Believe Podcast Network. My name is Joey Christopoulos. Thank you so much for listening. Check out all the other wonderful podcasts on the Believe Podcast Network. Honestly, everything from sports law, sports science, relationships, The Bachelor, movies coming out, music, every single sport. We have you covered. you got a passion for it. we got a podcast for it. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.